0: Uh, hi, I'm David Edelstein from Georgetown University, and I'm joined today by Marina Henke from the Hertie School in Berlin, as well as Northwestern University in Chicago. So we have we have Berlin, Washington, D.C., Chicago all covered. Marina, why don't we hop right in? Um, I think of you first and foremost as a as a award-winning scholar and author of a book on Uh, alliance and coalition politics. And so I think in many ways that the natural question for the moment is we're we're approaching three months into the the Biden administration. And I'd be curious to hear your take on how you think the Biden administration has been handling sort of alliance and coalition dynamics uh, coming off of an administration, which I think had a different approach than many previous administrations towards alliances and coalitions.
1: Yeah. Hi, David. Um, Very good to speak with you today. So you might remember Biden uh, gave a pledge at the special edition of the Munich Security Conference in February saying America is back. So at least, you know, um, on the European side of the Atlantic, this was perceived as the United States is again interested in alliances and in multilateralism. And that's, of course, a big difference compared with the Trump administration. And I think particularly this week, there were two interesting developments. The first one was the relaunch, if you want, and not the official negotiations, but the preparation for uh, the Iran uh, talks in Vienna uh, in the uh, three E3 plus three framework. So this was the framework that, as well, the Obama administration used to so France, UK, Germany, and then the United States, China, and Russia, and then of course Iran, which for me signaled, you know, um, a clearly multilateral process to the uh, Iranian question. And again, quite distinct from what uh, Trump um, did in this regard. And then, of course, the other big topic that is uh, very much discussed in Europe is Russia and the buildup at the Ukrainian border. And there the US announcement that they're considering sending warships to the Black Sea. So for me as well, and uh, kind of an indication the United States cares about NATO, cares about its uh, European allies and, you know, is is back. Um, how do you see the situation and how would you interpret from the Washington perspective? Maybe as well, you know, like uh, what's happening re- with regards to Iran and and Russia?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I think so far, at least the the as you indicated, right, the, the rhetoric from from President Biden has has Ben kind of seems to be trying to shift back in that direction of uh, more kind of cooperative work with alliances, alliances around issues like Iran and focusing on Russia. Um, I think it remains to be seen, kind of now's the hard part, right? In some ways, the, the rhetoric of that is easy. Uh, now coming to a place where that cooperation actually kind of has to produce meaningful results, what will come from that and, and are there going to be kind of lingering effects from... What occurred during the trump administration, where where many have have sort of suggested that uh, you know there's a kind of distrust that developed of the United States that that might linger long after president trump um, is is now out of office. And I would just say I think one other place where this this um, you know you mentioned Iran, you mentioned Russia. I think another place where we might see this play out is in Afghanistan, right? Where I think lots of people are watching now to see, how the Biden administration is gonna handle a potential withdrawal from Afghanistan and how, how others might perceive whatever the, the administration chooses to do. I'd be curious, given all of your work on, on military coalitions, how how you're following the, the situation in Afghanistan and, and your thoughts on kind of the European take on the decision facing the Biden administration on how to proceed in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm.
1: So interestingly, the German Parliament has already decided that it's willing to extend its stay in Afghanistan. So I think that gives you an indication that from the European side, or especially from the German side, there is a willingness to stay. I think that the sunk costs are just too high. Um, but you know, of course, this this is uh, dependent on what the United States is, is going to do. Uh, my hunch is that the Biden administration will as well not withdraw on May first, um, again, because uh, just too much was invested. Um, so I'm not saying that this is good or bad. But this is just, you know, like, I think the, the policy uh, kind of inclination, I think that just exists, maybe on both sides of the Atlantic's, it was just too much blood and too much money spilled in that country. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I think that's the same. And I, you know, I, I, I have the same take as you do. And, and my sense is that you know, Afghanistan is one of these things that it, it's, you know, again, easier said than done, right? That unfortunately, I think the Biden administration is going to ver- find it very hard to to withdraw. Certainly not by the May 1st deadline. And then beyond that, I think they're you know, what an actual withdrawal and whether it's a full withdrawal or a partial withdrawal. Um, I think that's likely to kind of stay with the Biden administration for for frankly, most of this term in office, right? I I don't see an easy way, especially given some of the kind of other pressures there for uh, the United States to be um, kind of cooperating with allies and thinking about how to move Afghanistan forward. Whether or not any of that will ultimately be in the interest of the United States, its allies or Afghanistan, I think is a, an open question at this
1: point. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree. Okay, well, uh, thanks uh, for chatting Um, and certainly a lot of topics.